Thank you very much. And I have been smiling throughout the interview. You couldn't see it, so I just want to say thank you. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me. And even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of coronavirus. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support this podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland, top 60 travel podcasts in the United Kingdom, top 30 in the Netherlands, top 25 on Apple Russia, and top 20 on Apple Poland. My guest today is Olya Katielnikova. Olya studied European politics, studies European politics and society in Prague, and considers herself a European, yet she is a Russian speaker and sees nothing negative in speaking Russian and feeling European. She loves learning languages, especially as a New Year resolution. She was a power lifter. She comes from the same hometown as the president of Ukraine, Krivirich. Olya loves urban planning and annoys people by noticing urban planning mistakes. She doesn't have an Instagram. She still uses snail mail and sends postcards to people. Olya was an event coordinator for the Foundation of Regional Initiatives, a program coordinator for Amnesty International. She studied at the Dnipro National University and now doing her master's degree in European politics and society at Charles University. She was a reporter for the Forum 2000 Foundation and the reporter for the Praha Media Point. And this is her very first interview. Olya, how are you today? Oh, hello, Aziz. Um, very good. And it must be very early in your time zone. But thank you for the opportunity to share insights about living in Ukraine and immersing myself into English-speaking practice Otherwise, I would have forgotten it. I don't think so. In a time of social isolation, the easiest thing yes. 
is to find some pen pals for your snail mail who speak in English and to begin by asking you something I'm very curious about. You come from a somewhat of a small city or even a town, correct? Yes. What in your life led you to feel European? Was there a story, an experience, something you watch on television? Family? Yes, partially family, uh, because no one in my family never stayed in one place and used to travel a lot with work or just with their heart. But um, I think I had some uh, personal experiences, this internet open societies, which demonstrate how much better we can be um, if we adopt some practices like in Europe. And we okay, no, no, oh. this is important. <laughs> what practices in Europe are good to adopt? Can you give some examples as well as which practices that are more traditional Ukrainian or Ukraino-Russian or something like that, that you think are outdated and should be replaced? by those European practices? Well, I don't believe in mentality, but I still think there are some features of European that Ukrainians can adopt. For example, being more tolerant and open-minded, while Ukrainians tend to be, um, tend to have more survival uh, values, which is so, which is seen in Inglehart map of values. World Value Survey, and I think that demonstrate how uh, the European progress much better, and we tend to uh, follow up. We tend to catch their progress like twenty years later. Okay, so if I understood you correctly, people in Ukraine are operating from a survival values kind of way, while in Europe they're a lot more open-minded. And this allows Europeans to be more progressive and innovative and to go ahead faster. Well, in Ukraine, because of that survival uh, attitude, at least since you don't like the word mindset, that makes them lag behind. Is this a fair understanding? I can't agree more, actually. Yes. So, and because your family always kept on traveling and your relatives from place to place, they didn't, they needed to adapt and become more open-minded and in a way that showed you the blueprint or the way that being open-minded allows you to adapt and have a good experience in different environments. Is this also correct? Uh, yes, I really appreciate how they managed to travel even during Soviet Union times, where the borders were almost closed. Yes, and to go a bit deeper, so to you, when you travel and go to a new place, why is that important? And what is your favorite thing to you about travel? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, well, I always try to learn some new words from the language. Uh, from the country I visit uh, and try to speak to people uh, even if I have 
like the simplest bus tour every Ukrainian does. I try to approach people and even have a game uh, with them, like outside kicking sticks <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, I appreciate it the most. This is really interesting. And to dive a bit more, you spoke about, okay, learning the, a few words when you visit a place, but you also love learning languages and you had multiple New Year resolutions. So to ask you about two anecdotes, was there a time where you started all full of motivation and New Year to learn a language, but then later on it fizzled and you didn't keep up and that was not... You know, it's more normal since most people don't keep their New Year resolution. But did you have also experiences where you made New Year resolutions and you stayed and kept until you can speak okay at least the language? Uh, yes, people can learn a lot from my high range of mistakes. Uh, but I think the biggest resolution was to give up with. IELTS preparation. IELTS is an English exam, and I devoted the whole year to study English. Uh, but in terms of other languages, I'm still um, like examining the ground, examining what um, fits me, <laughs> I think. That's so funny. You said examining the grounds, which reminds me that you love urban planning. So do you approach your life and thoughts in a way that you, that is similar to urban planning, where you plan your day, your year, and the way you think about your life is like an urban planner approaches a new city or piece of land? Hmm, I should really consider this approach. Um, I never thought of it. It's very interesting. I like, I like it. But I tend to be sometimes also this much, this much systematic uh, to consider many uh, sides of big projects, to think of multiple ways, to buy many supportive books. Sometimes never read them, but still, yeah. So you buy many books and you never read them, but you were a power lifter. Can you tell me about that and whether you still sometimes power lift or maybe you took a pause because of coronavirus or was that a period of your life that ended? Uh, yes, you're right. That was a period of two years. When I was in high school, I had many lessons at class, many workload and couldn't devote much time to swimming. I used to swim previously. And my dad proposed, like offered me to go to the gym with him. He was doing powerlifting there and eventually I did join too. It was very nice. And now it is an interesting fact about myself. Okay. I like that fact but i want something that you do right now or something <laughs> that you used to do that made you feel really alive that made you feel motivated excited alive and enthusiastic what could this be this passion oh i know 100 percent that was 
and that is um, human right defense. Maybe these days I tend to have a theoretical background, learning more about it. But the last year, or no, that's 2021, that was uh, two years ago, uh, I was a coordinator in Amnesty International Right for Rights campaign with my friend. It was very, um, I don't know, encouraging, motivating. Myself helping people is really um, paying off. And it is really nice to know that you can contribute. Great. Helping people, knowing you can contribute, and with your friend volunteering at Amnesty International to ask you then, which is the most interesting part in helping people for you personally? Um, I think that is the outcome. When Well, when we were working on this campaign, we didn't even think that we could really get a person from a prison. He was uh, uh, imprisoned not uh, by the law. Uh, that was a Malawian case, um, Boy Magai. Um, and it was really nice to find out that um, his sentence was um, cancelled. Uh, he wasn't uh, uh, sentenced to death anymore. That was very heartwarming and made me think I should keep up with it. I like that. So when the outcome... Like you said, that person that was sentenced illegally, that you helped them get out or reduce or eliminate that sentence, and that was heartwarming. And when such a thing like that happens, why is that important for you? Well, it made me think that we can uh, do something even in a small Ukrainian town, gathering people together and make a big influence in the world. Uh, the boy was African um, from Th South Sudan. And yeah, it is really nice to uh, know that we are the single civil society. We are strong and that is empowering. I like that. So in your life, are there moments or times or maybe a typical attitude that you didn't feel so powerful? Maybe you had some anxiety or felt weakness. And therefore, when together, like you said, that civil society is stronger and when you can create outcomes through that in the world, you feel powerful and it's heartwarming to impact such a big impact on a human's life. So two things. But the one most important is, is it more typical that you feel that outcomes are not really under your control? Maybe at some points you had some anxiety and felt a bit of weakness. Hmm. I think so. I cannot um, think of any examples for now. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at uh, many things. So um, I decide not to worry about Either I win a game, for example, or a chess game, uh, or not. Um, I usually try to focus on the process, mostly. 
of course, I enjoy the positive outcome, but um, if it is a learning process, there will be, of course, mistakes, which I also appreciate. Really? So to ask you, is this an attitude that came from like reading or watching some de self-development things and philosophy? Or is it because when you cared about the outcome before, but it didn't happen, it was so painful. So it's like a child touching a hot uh, stove and oven and they're like, no, I don't do that anymore. Which changed your thoughts from focusing on the outcome to focusing on what you control, which is the process. And that is a very, very stoic, speaking about the stoicism as a philosophy approach to life. Yes, I take it for granted. But of course, somehow I came to this idea. Mm, I don't know, I guess from reading mostly, because I used to be very shy person, not to experience much. And getting knowledge from books was my uh, primary source of um, education, experience. And I think, yes, I read some <laughs> something. Okay. You said you used to be a shy person. Your primary source of experience and knowledge was books. When you used the past tense, well, it means you're not that person anymore. So who are you now? Oh, I didn't even realize it. Uh, yes, um, I think I used to be. Um, I still consider myself an introvert, which I don't want to change. And I enjoy uh, this, my part of character. But I try to be open, try to get more connections. And if I have been told uh, like five years ago that I would go through the interview, I wouldn't believed it. So who I am now? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes. A person who is still learning. Mm -hmm. On my well, path. I encourage this. And you said I am on my path. Does it mean since you focus on the process that there is this metaphor of you being on a journey or a pilgrimage or a trip as in travel, and maybe that is why you love travel, because you appreciate the path. And correct me if I'm wrong, I might say you're a person who tends to have a lot of gratitude for things because you view everything, whether a mistake or a special moment, or even walking in a street, noticing what is appreciative and to be appreciated, it's because you always think as someone on the journey and therefore you should enjoy as much of it as possible rather than forgetting the moment and only think about the outcome. Is this a fair understanding? Oh, wow. I used to think that I'm reflecting too much, but your conclusions are really insightful. Uh, thank you for that. And I think I can agree that I tend to focus on a journey that may be connected with my love of uh, trips yes thank you this is actually very interesting and you said you okay i'm imagining that before you had anxiety maybe it was social anxiety or uh, inability to handle pressure and that in some ways 
Some people think that means to be an introvert, but an introvert means someone who sometimes like to think and be alone and not always be uh, under stress or distraction or in loud places full of people. And it's not related. You can like people, you can push yourself to uh, try new things and to travel and have new experiences, but you also like to stay alone sometimes and just reflect. So to ask you about this, did you notice this difference and therefore you decided, you said, I enjoy reflection and alone time. I like being introverted, but I don't accept the anxiety and the shyness and I want to change that and to experience more in life. Or is this not what happened? Uh, yes, and that is what I keep talking myself these days. Really? Like what, for example, since it's lockdown, so I don't know what you'll be doing, but what kind of things do you encourage yourself to do to try new experiences and expand your comfort zone these days? Um, well, first of all, I think that we should first expand our comfort zone and then do things which are within this though, well, I think we can expand it with uh, telling ourselves that we are capable of doing something. And um, in terms of acts of uh, like strong acts, which I try to perform these days, um, is just simply approaching people and talking to them. Um, they tend to like it usually. And I had a happiness course on um, platform Coursera where there was a challenge of social interactions where I had to perform one uh, at least one a, a day have a like challenging week of doing so and then eventually I get used to it and take it for granted that is wonderful but now I have to ask, maybe this is only a, a, like a translation thing, but when you say take it for granted, you said it two times already, uh, which is the opposite of, of someone who appreciates and is grateful for things. So I'm asking, is this a translation or are you actually not so full of gratitude and it's something you want to encourage yourself to do and therefore you wish to be the grateful person who appreciates the journey and the travel but in reality because correct me if i'm wrong about this but it seems to me like you're very strong in thinking and reflection and intellectual things and reading and cognitive ability but maybe your social ability is like not so strong and therefore you try to strengthen that both by being more present in the moment, remembering to appreciate everything that happens in reality, not just in thought and playing with ideas and connecting more with people to not be so alone. Is this correct? Or just comment on whatever is meaningful to you? Mm -hmm. Well, if I have a gratitude journal and moment journal, I can say that I don't really take it for granted. I'm the better word would would be I get used to it. Yes, you're right. But that is not good. It's called in science hedonistic adaptation, which yes. is that 
makes you know happiness really difficult because even if we get good things very fast we get used to them and we look for the next thing and the next and the next and we don't appreciate what we have which is not good i don't want to be get used to anything i want to appreciate every moment as if it's a fresh baby reborn again and that yes. comes from meditation because to me i meditate in a vipassana zen buddhist way kind of way to remember to appreciate and love life more and everything and i've been doing it for years and it's wonderful and i love it and recommend it and to ask you more you push yourself you said two things which is really wonderful it's the more you expand your comfort zone the more things you can do that you weren't able to do so to me i am thinking and please correct me if this is totally an assumption that in a way you are a social person you just didn't have the skills before to be that person and to you it's not even about selfishly becoming a better and stronger person and expanding your comfort zone what you would love is to have a community that expands its uh, ability to create outcomes and therefore through community and that community expanding its comfort zone you feel part of a powerful community and therefore that is why you push yourself to social uh, communicate and make social interactions because it's missing but when you have it you're not just one individual who is weak but you are part of a group that expands instantly your zone of influence and impact and outcomes a hundred times in a second is this a fair assessment or i'm totally going in the wrong direction well yes part of the group is encouraging me and playing a major role in um me wanting socialize more in school i had one best friend and i wasn't a part of um, any communities but when i moved to university i like participated in one charity community in second educational one and i gained more connections much more i think that is uh, definitely connected thank you and please define because connections sound really like a scientific sterile word like some scientists were with a clipboard yeah. looking hmm those two subjects are connecting which is not a very humane form to explain mm -hmm. it but i'm sure you're someone and please correct me about this inside of you you're super warm you're full of emotions but on the outside maybe you seem very serious and a bit cold without it being the truth is this a fair assessment about you and what is to you the mean of the meaning of connection um hmm. i don't even know how people uh, preserve me as a serious or am um, not but uh, i tend to be more and more open i don't know um uh, in terms of connections i don't easily make friends however i like like talking to people and i don't know participating and hanging out with them why i don't know that is enriching and i always find out something new 
while talking to new people, even if I don't agree with them. That is the most fun things. <laughs> I like what you're saying. So my understanding, and again, correct me if this is wrong, that even travel or people is the same strategy that when you explore somewhere new, you discover something you didn't know before, and therefore it's to you. It, it, it's a new idea that enters your mind to interact with the other ideas there, enriching them and bring a new understanding. So whether it's travel or being European, which you just saying that, another word for being very open to the world. That's my now my assessment. And please, again, correct me if I'm wrong. And therefore, to you, maybe it's books, but then books are static. So humans, they can bring something unexpected that evolves in the moment. So if I may ask, do you enjoy being spontaneous? Um, I think not really. <laughs> uh, I tend to plan everything before. Even if I try to make it spontaneous, it must be pre-planned. Like if I think Mark Twain said, the best improvisation is pre-planned days ago great and, and yeah. do you like that about yourself um i think that is what i cannot easily change and i accept it and um, sometimes it brings um, its positive impacts i don't know <laughs> this is very interesting and now to compare your life when you were in your town compared to Prague. How was that experience of arriving there? What did you love the most? And what did you notice was different about people there compared to people in your town or Ukrainian people in general? Um, when I first arrived to Europe, that was Budapest. Um, I just realized that people are appreciated there. People are the main priority. And that is applicable to Prague as well. Um, it is easy to walk on streets. If there is a reconstruction, the constructors will think about how people will walk and how they will use the public transport not to make their white uh, shoes dirty, which is not that a thing in Ukraine, I think, at least in my uh, town Kruvedich. Great. And to ask you, what book are you reading right now? Or course you're doing that is not part of your studies at university? Um, I was very enthusiastic uh, after the new year, so I took three books at once. And now I'm listening to How to Win Friends and Influence People. I don't really like it much. I think it's very simplistic, but I'm still going to continue it. And I have two books of Russian classics by Chekhov and Tolstoy. Wait, wait, wait. I have to ask. You said you don't like it. It is simplistic, but you will continue it until the end anyway. So I have to ask about this, really. Do you trust your instincts a lot or do you try to have your brain control your instincts and follow your logic rather than emotion? 
I want to think of myself as a rational person, but of course I let emotions make decisions. I consider them. I may know that, okay, these are emotions, but I will still make this decision, which is kind of rational. Okay. And when you are a swimmer, would this be a good strategy for swimming? Hmm. Mm, I don't know. You simply just practice and practice, not reflecting on it. Uh, you just see the timer and, as you said, meditating, thinking of, not really thinking, but um, f being into process, into a flow. Okay, and why is life different compared to that swimming situation or experience? In life, you are not always in a flow. Uh, sometimes um, we can struggle. I don't want to be banal, um, but still, I think it's kind of more complicated. I mean, life... Thank you. <laughs> So if someone is swimming in the middle of the ocean and if they make a mistake, they drown in a second, that is not as complicated or as dangerous as life, correct? Um, I didn't mean ocean in particular. I was thinking of like a practice simple in a pool. There, are, there were no life-threatening mistakes. Mm -hmm. You you said before that you appreciate and welcome mistakes, and now you're speaking as if life, if you make a mistake, is not so positive. These, to me, seem to be two contradictions. Can you comment on how both can be uh, reflective of you and your life and thoughts at the same time? Oh, no, I mean, life-threatening mistakes can be really dangerous. Uh, we don't usually... Uh, get in these sit situations? Um, no, I just meant about rationally uh -huh. thinking uh, in order not to make mistakes, not about swimming in a pool full of sharks. That's not what I meant. Uh -huh. But yeah, can you comment on this? So when a mistake happens, do you do like uh, Edison where you will celebrate it and look for the lessons and you learn and smile and are positive? Or do you feel frustrated and a bit angry at yourself whenever a mistake happens because you expect yourself to be very logical and always know what to do which might be unrealistic but you know better because it's your brain so you tell me what's happening i think that's a matter of emotional intelligence when people make mistakes uh, they may be angry and i may be too but i um start to realize that I feel this emotion, now I can be rational, um, I should overcome, maybe I should wait, um, I try to think of it, or not to think if it is too frustrating. One second, one second, before, this is very related to what you said now, before you said life is a struggle, you use this okay. sentence, and now you're speaking about like frustration and struggle and trying to overcome, which makes me think, and I have to ask this question, 
Do you do you view that life has to be difficult, and is your journey more of a martyr journey <laughs> rather than a happy Pollyanna, a happiness full of glories journey? If you know what I mean, like why does life have to be a struggle if you feel it is on any level? Well, there can be any struggles, but by itself, it is not. I think. We just have to ex- accept any parts of it. Either they are not so pleasant or be grateful to what is pleasant. Thank you. And again, you say have to, which is a very, <laughs> you know, it's not even because I, I remember use a lot must, should, yes. have, which is a very like forceful way to deal with yourself rather than with compassion and kindness. But I I understand. So we can spend a long time speaking. This was very interesting for me. But I want you to speak about two things. One, if you were to explain what Ukraine and Ukrainians is to foreigners, what would you say? And the second thing is, if you were to explain to Ukrainians what it means to be European, and open-minded, and maybe give some advice in this way, what would you say? Uh-huh. What Ukraine is. I have so many pen friends who asked this, like, this kind of question, and I still haven't developed a straight answer. Um, I don't know. Everyone can find and can explore. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Is... This is so funny. I haven't... You're speaking again about the Mark Twain thing of pre-planned spontaneity. So you need to pre-plan... Do you need to pre-plan social interaction? Like thinking, yes. oh, in this situation, I need to say X. And in this other situation, the right answer should be. And if you don't say it afterwards, you keep thinking, why mm. didn't I say this? And you get like a perfect answer, but like two hours later. Is this yes. a situation that is true? Totally. Okay, why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe that is my like time frame <laughs> in my path long past, and it can be developed. Okay, but then <laughs> why can't social interactions be flow just like swimming? Why social interactions can be a flow? Why not? Why not? Oh, Why sorry. not? Yes, because you said you pre-plan, which is the opposite of flow. And when you swim, you are in flow. So why yes. not? Like, what is the thing stopping you from literally just trusting the moment, being in total flow when you are in a conversation or in a social interaction? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe this is the slow way of thinking. Or okay. Maybe... I will ask you another question. Do you Did you meet or see in some social situation any person who was good socially? Uh, yes, many times. Did they seem in flow or logical and pre-planning everything? Um, it is much more interesting to hear to a lecturer who improvises, of course, uh, or pu- any public speaker, yes. Great. Why not you? I would love to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any reasons not to. But I still keep... 
uh, okay. keep uh, trusting in plan. <laughs> Great. Let me ask you another thing. Have you, and think only of the positive, were there situations you didn't trust in the plan and it went out okay or better than expected? And I hope this interview is one of them <laughs> because there is no plan. So. It's, just, it's just wonderful conversation. So to you, was there any social situations where you had no plan, but it was wonderful? Um, let's see. Off the top of my head, not really. Um, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe they always have an element of plan. I don't know, in the contests uh, when I answer questions. Um, and I have no idea of their questions. I just think <laughs> uh, in a moment that the example of like six years old, uh, I remembered. Thank you. Well, this could go on for a long time. I wish you a great and brilliant day there in what you call Europe, although I consider Ukraine to be part of Europe, but I see you separated mm -hmm. because you said one, it was the first time I went to Europe, which means Ukraine is out uh, of it. Yes, but yes. To tell you, I wish you a brilliant day. And if people want to communicate with you, where should they go? And any concluding words you wish to share? Um, okay, thank you very much. And I have been smiling throughout the interview. You couldn't see it. So I just want to say thank you for the opportunity for this like stress in a good way, emerging myself uh, into this situation. Uh, I think I could contribute to your um, discussion about Ukraine somehow um, and how people can reach me out. I don't know, maybe LinkedIn profile. I will share it in the description. And Olya, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Aziz.